You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back into the podcast that we like to call From the Podium, where you hear directly from your Kansas City Chiefs. I'm host and audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Stephen Serta. Veteran Report Day was on Monday, so we heard from wide receiver McCole Hardman, center Creed Humphrey, and linebacker Nick Bolton. We also heard from Chiefs President Mark Donovan. We'll go in that order, starting with McCole Hardman, followed by Creed Humphrey. After that, we'll take a quick timeout. When we get back, you'll hear from Nick Bolton and team president Mark Donovan. Here's McCole Hardman. Hey, McCole, um, was just curious whether there are things you've worked on this offseason and things you continue to work on during camp that, um, is, that you want to get better, parts of your game you want to get better, as opposed to just general improvement. And, Brad, I'll have a second question as well. I mean, um, I think it's all general improvement, honestly, just top of routes, catching better, you know what I'm saying, recognize the defenses better, um, watch a little bit more film. So I think all that go into, you know, account of just trying to just become an overall better player in general. Okay. So. All right. And uh, <clears throat> we talked with you earlier in the offseason about uh, how you're kind of the veteran of the group now. You're the only one who's really been around and, and also uh, – um, uh, the fact that you're going into a contract year is that changed your approach to camp or in the season at all? And if so, in what ways? Um, I wouldn't say it changed my approach. I think I still got the same approach that I had coming into the league. Um, I think it's just you know, um, just a different kind of environment now. You know, what I'm saying you know you don't have everybody rain that you used to, so it's more so. Um, taking more responsibility um, as a veteran in a group, actually, that have been in the offense and just, you know, just trying to lead better than you have in the past years. So I can't, I think it's just um, how I'm really going to take the approach and just, you know, lead by example and just, you know, work hard. Let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, Michael. Um, thank you for taking some time with us. Saw you making some of the, the national rounds this week, and, and there's been a little bit of a back and forth seemingly with the, with Tyree Kill between the new uh, pass catchers on this team and, and what he says, and, and it's been ongoing. And I, I just wonder, is there a sense of internally, whatever you're willing to share, like a sense of Tyreek exhaustion, like, okay, we get it, but, you know, we, we are capable of, of producing in this offense as well? Oh, no. Um, the question you're trying to ask me, um, I mean – I guess, you know, whatever he's saying, he's saying. I mean, I don't think it really affect, affect us in, in, in what we're trying to do over here on this side. So, um, I mean, I, I guess what he said he's going to say, and, and, and that's, that's what it is. I, I really don't know. <laughs> uh, let's go next to Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. McCole, just the fact that Tariq's not here, not, not that he was holding you back in any way, but obviously you guys had some overlap with your skill sets. Do you feel like him being gone is going to open up some more things for you and, and maybe be able to replicate a little bit of what he did? Um, yeah, I, I guess, it, you know, yeah, it definitely opened up some opportunities. Um, definitely some um, 
some more targets that's definitely out there that's um that's vacant right now. So um with his, you know, with his absence, it just definitely just like I said, open up more opportunities for, you know, all of us to, you know, step in and, and just have a bigger role than we normally have and and just go out there and try to execute. So um definitely open opportunity. Let's go next to Sarin Petro. Go ahead, Sarin. Brad, I'll have a, a quick follow-up. Uh, just to be clear, McCool, is that to say that you're not listening to the Tyreek Hill podcast uh, all the way through every episode? Uh, I haven't. I mean, I've I, I seen, like, the highlights and previews of it, but I don't think I, I haven't watched the episode yet. But, I mean, I hear the, the highlights of it and stuff, so. Okay. Okay, I was just curious. Just want to be because you said you hadn't heard, so I was just curious about that. When you see some of the contracts that are out there, Tyree Kill's contract, Devontae Adams' contract. I know Adam mentioned it's a contract year for you. Uh, do you sit back, think about it? Do you do you put uh, numbers in your head as to what you think you need to do to uh, to maximize what your earning potential is after this year? No, um, I mean obviously you know it's one your it's your last year, but. Obviously, man, you can't look too far ahead. You just got to take it a day at a time and, and just do what you got to do on the field, off the field, and, and then, you know, all that stuff will take care of itself. Let's go next to Todd Palmer. Go ahead, Todd. Hey, McCall. Thanks for the time. Um, I know you had talked about being, you know, improving as a deep threat, stuff like that this year, but w- when you came into the league, you were raw, right? You'd only had a couple years after transitioning to receiver at Georgia and stuff like that. How much did you learn – you know, whether it's from Tyreek or other guys about tracking the deep ball, about running routes, and how much more polished do you think you are going into year four, kind of ready for that breakout season? Uh, I think I, I think I'm ready. You know, learning from um, the guys that's been in front of me, the veterans that've been in front of me, and also having you know Trav still here. Um, I think just developing. You know, what I'm saying, um, like you said, tracking the ball, looking up instead of looking back. Um, knowing what's around me, knowing my surroundings, so all that you know, taking account of just trying to you know be better, you know, year after year. So um, definitely, you know, poised for that, um, for this year, and definitely have got better every year in that aspect, so. Let's go next to Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, McCall. Um, hey, last week you were in D.C. for the, the soccer game with Bayern Munich, um, representing the Chiefs. What was that experience like for you? And I know you've played internationally before, but what would, what would you think of the prospects of being able to play in Germany? Um. Yeah, the, the, the Bayern Munich game was, was very cool, man. I enjoyed it, um, meeting the players and, and seeing that game. And um, I think, you know, I think we played in Mexico City in my rookie year and playing in Germany. I think it would be cool just to, you know, just a different environment, uh, different fan base, different, you know, it's probably a little bit different out there as far as, like, fan-wise. But I think that would be nice to go out there and, like, you know, represent the NFL out there in a different country and try to bring some more fans into this game. So it's definitely um, would be a, a great opportunity to do that. Let's go next to Steve Walls. Go ahead, Steve. Hey, McCoy, what's up, man? What's happening? Not much. Uh, folks have kind of written you off this offseason, man, saying that you're not a true number one. <laughs> Just want to know, is there something that you feel like you have to prove coming into this this uh, this upcoming season? Nah, I ain't trying to prove nothing, man. I ain't trying to prove nothing to nobody. Um, I know what I can do. I know what I'm capable of doing. And uh, so I'm just going to go out there and, and do that and, um, and then let the work speak for itself. Last two will go Matt and then Mick. Go ahead, Matt. Mick and Mick. Okay. Hey, Nicole. Um, kind of a similar question to what others have asked, but you finished last season so strong. Um, how good did that feel? And now how excited are you to kind of carry that into this season? Uh, it feels good. You know, I think um, I was getting more involved and um, just making the plays that I should have been making. And um, so, 
that was a good thing. And just now we're just trying to carry that momentum into this next season and just try to build off that. Last to Mick. Go ahead, Mick. Hey, Nicole, it's uh, report day. What's it like for you as, as far as just bringing stuff and what you do, but also just emotion and excitement level or non-excitement level? What, what, is, what does camp day mean to you? <laughs> um, I mean, now I'm just, you know, I'm here. I just packed my bag, man. Got my comfort in my sheets ready. Um, we got to get a little rookie. I think Sky going to get the snacks for us. So we're going to try to pile his list up with snacks. Um, but I think I think it's an excitement level and like a non-excitement level because it's like you're excited to go to camp the season here, but he's like, I'm not excited because we got all these hard practices, you know. So, um, but I'm definitely looking forward to it. It's a, it's going to be a big camp, um, definitely with all the new guys in here. You get everybody jailed in, get the chemistry down. Um, you get everybody get the plays down and go into the season ready. So, um, definitely excited for sure. McCole, thanks for jumping on with us, man. We'll uh, we'll see you in a little bit. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Hey, Creed. Um... Wanted to ask you, uh, you, you know, you look at what you guys accomplished last year as an offensive line, um, you know, basically five new guys who weren't with the team the year before, and you were able to put to get things together really quickly. Can you kind of point to some things that allowed you guys to play so well so quickly last season? Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, the group, first of all, everybody came in with a willingness to work and a willingness to, you know, become better together. So, uh Everybody worked really well together. Everybody worked on all their strengths, all their weaknesses and everything. And uh, they worked for the best. Uh, so, you know, we look to continue to improve on that during this camp. Go next to Rob Collins. Go to Rob. Hey, Creed, uh, you're ready for dorm life again. And did you learn anything last year that might make it a little bit easier for you this, this time around? Yeah, definitely. I'm excited. You know, I can't wait to get back up there to St. Joe and get back after it. Uh, you know, they're they're it's a very nice facility, uh, very nice practice fields, you know, indoor facility, locker room, dorms are nice. So it'll be it'll be really good. You know, this year I ended up renting a bed, so uh, you know, I'll have a bigger bed this time, which will be nice. But uh yeah, I mean I'm I'm excited for it. I can't wait. Let's go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. <clears throat> hey Creed, thanks for doing this. Um Kind of building off of Adam's question, what would you say uh, you guys as a group want to achieve on the offensive line in terms of having continuity uh, improve you guys for this season because of how well it went last year? Yeah, you know, I think everybody on the line this year, you know, we want to be known as one of the, you know, the most physically dominating lines in the league. Uh, you know, we have the pieces, we have the guys that can do it. So uh, really that's that's our whole outlook is just being – uh, physical, you know, the physicality to show through and make, make teams know when they're playing us that they're going to be playing a physical offensive line that finishes through the whistle, finishes plays and things like that. And uh, we're excited to get to work about it. Let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Great. I, I know you're a, a big team guy, so I, I guess I, I asked this with caution a little bit. But this time last year, you're relatively unknown, especially in Kansas City, and, and you kind of became, in a way, a sensation, a fan favorite. I'm sure you get recognized a lot more. What's that transition been like year to year and entering this camp, knowing that a lot of people are going to know exactly who you are? Yeah, you know, the transition's been good. Uh, the the fans here, you know, are awesome. They're one of a kind, you know, in Kansas City. So it's been really awesome just to get to interact with, you know, fans and kind of see, you know, how they support their team and stuff. You know, it's been really cool. Uh, you know, offensive linemen don't get usually a ton of, you know, recognition and stuff. And, you know, with, you know, the video that was put out, you know, the rookie of the year thing that, you know, the radio station put out, that was really cool. And 
you know, fans bought into it and it was really cool to see. So, uh, you know, I'm really grateful for it. And uh, that kind of proves, you know, that Kansas City does have the best fan base. So I'm really excited about this year. Let's go next to Sarin Petro. Go ahead, Sarin. Uh, Creed, I'm curious, you know, the RPO is uh, a big part of the game today, but it kind of limits maybe some of the aggressiveness of the offensive linemen, not knowing whether or not you can, you know, fire out, get to that next level. Uh, is there a, you know, a, a balance to that? Like, did you, have they maybe the game go too far towards it? And you guys were, were a very physical line, but maybe at times didn't have a chance to, to be as physical as you actually could be because you have to stay in line in case it ends up being a pass. I'm just curious your kind of thoughts on the balancing act of, of being aggressive, but also having that RPO threat. Yeah, you know, you got to balance it some just because you can't be, you know, downfield when the ball is thrown on those RPOs and things. But, uh, you know, the way we think of it, we're going to be coming off physical and uh, we're going to play it like we're running the ball every single time. So, uh, you know, you have to be a little cautious about it, but you also, I mean, you still have the freedom to fire off like you can. So, uh, yeah, really, uh, there's not too much of a different thought process for it whenever we do those plays. Next to Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Creed. Um what benefit do you get out of training camp? I mean, can you kind of describe just the exact preparation it gives you for the season as an offensive lineman? Yeah, you know, last year I felt like I grew so much, you know, throughout the playbook uh, and my techniques and everything through training camp because, you know, we're it's 24-7. You're thinking about football. You're working on different things, you know, at different times in the day. So, you know, I think it's a huge help for us, and uh, it really helps build the continuity, too, of the offensive line. I mean, you're with the guys every single day for, you know, most of the day so um you know i think it's a huge help and i you know we're, we're excited to get back up there and start working together again because you know you can you can uh you can build a lot off a of training camp so we're excited about it i think we've got five hands up we'll go right down the line starting with todd go ahead todd uh creed i wanted to ask you a, kind of two two questions um one how much of a, of a help was joe tooney just having that veteran presence next to you and adjusting last year and when you're in training camp how long does it take for an offensive line to gel and kind of get that continuity you, you'd like going into a season? Yeah, to answer your first question, I mean, Joe's a huge help. You know, you got a guy who's an all-pro guy that you're playing with. Uh, you know, he helps he helps out a lot of things. And, you know, he was a really good mentor for me last year too. Just, you know, trying to figure out, you know, how to, you know, go through that first season and things like that. You know, he helped me out a ton. And uh, playing by a guy like that, you know, he's a, he's a special player. You know, he knows exactly what he's doing. His technique's always on point. You know, he does the right things at all times. So having Joe is having Joe's been awesome this past year. And uh yeah, as far as you know, getting that continuity through training camp and stuff, I mean continuity comes with reps. So the more reps you get, the more the more you'll gel, the faster you'll gel. So uh we're excited to get up there. We're excited to start working together and get after it. Let's go next to Mick Schaefer. Go ahead, Mick. Hey Creed, along the same lines, speaking of mentors, you have guys like Darian Kennard in now, and you were in his position not too long ago. Curious how much you can impart on him and if he's a guy that could make an impact and, and contribute early on. Yeah, you know, Darian, he's been, he was awesome through OTAs and stuff. So uh, getting to have him there, he's a guy who's willing to learn a lot. Uh, he's, you can tell he loves the game. You can tell he wants to be great. So having a guy like that in the locker rooms, uh, it's going to be really good for us. And uh you know, I, I can help. I'm going to help him in any way I can. Uh, just as far as me being in the shoes last year, you know, I still remember a lot of the things that happened in the rookie season and kind of the things I went through. So I can, you know, I feel like I can be a really big help to him. So I'm going to help him as much as I can. Uh, 
whatever questions he has, I'm going to be able to answer for him. So, you know, I'm excited to get to work with him. Next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Chris, I just wanted to ask you, because <clears throat> believe me if I'm uh, – tell me if I'm correct, but I think the one guy you did kind of know from a personality standpoint was Orlando, given that you guys were teammates, obviously, at Oklahoma. Uh, given his situation right now, just how much have you talked to him? I know we've asked Pat about, you know, what Orlando means to the offense, but from your vantage point, being with him on the offensive line, what does he mean to the group and, and what will it be like um, in terms of where he, when he will get here and just how much he can help you guys in terms of getting those reps and those confidence? Yeah, you know, Orlando's a special player just like Joe is. So, uh, you know, I haven't really talked to him much throughout, you know, this offseason, everything. I've been kind of giving him his own space, letting him, you know, work through that, let him handle his business. Uh, so, you know, whenever he shows up, uh, I know he'll be ready to roll. Uh, he's going to be one of those guys that comes in ready. I know that. So uh, whenever we get him back, it'll be good. Uh, until then, you know, uh, Coach X got us trained up. We're going to be rolling. Uh, so whatever, whenever he comes, whenever that happens, we'll be good. So, yeah. Let's go next to Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Creed, like Pete mentioned earlier, you got a lot of accolades last year, and a lot of them were from around the league from other defenses. This year, you know, you're not going to be able to sneak up on anybody. You're going to be circled by a lot of defenses. What did you do this year to know that you're going to have to make some adjustments to how teams attack you, and, and how are you preparing for that mentally? Yeah, I'm excited for it. You know, uh, you play this game for competition, you know, uh, so if you're not ready for competition, then uh, – you're not ready to play this game. So, you know, I'm excited about it. Uh, you know, we went against some really good players last year. We get to go against a lot of really good players this year again. Uh, so it'll be a fun year for sure. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited about it. I've done a lot of stuff, you know, as far as technique work, um, physicality standpoint, you know, getting my body right, making sure, you know, I'm ready to go on all cylinders whenever we start practice and stuff. So, you know, I'm really excited about it. And, uh, you know, I can't wait for the season to start up. Well, last to Herbie Tiope. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Creed, if, if I'm not mistaken, um, th this year was the second straight year that you attended the Offensive Line Masterminds Summit in Frisco. Whose brain did, down there did you pick the most? You mentioned the competition part, but I know like all you offensive linemen get to share some notes on how to block certain players. Yeah, so this is my third year going there and uh, getting to, you know, there's a lot of the guys that I've talked to before there. Uh, this year, there was, you know, a bunch of uh, guys that are, you know, retired now that, you know, are in the Hall of Fame or on their way to Hall of Fame careers. So uh, a couple of guys that, you know, I got to talk to a lot was really uh, Willie Rofe, uh, you know, him being, you know, a Chiefs player and everything. That was really awesome to hear from him and kind of hear from his experiences from such a, you know, such a ridiculous talent that he was, you know, being able to hear from him and kind of his stories and how he approached the game. That was really cool to hear. Uh, so him, you know, Willie Anderson was there. That was really cool. Uh, Steve Hutchinson was there. That was really cool to hear from him. Uh, so really, you know, just a bunch of uh, guys that, you know, are now in the Hall of Fame, kind of on the career trajectory that I want to be able to get to at some point are those guys, you know, so be able to pick, brain, pick the brains from them, you know, that was really cool to hear from them and kind of just see what their knowledge is and kind of understand their stories and how they got to where they were. That was really cool. Creed, appreciate you joining us, man. Thanks for taking the time. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Nick, um, just curious uh, how you feel going into this training camp and how much more comfortable do you feel this time around that you've done the whole uh, rookie season thing? I'm going into your second uh, training camp now. Oh, yeah, I feel a thousand times better uh, going into this training camp. Uh, again, I got a whole OTAs, uh, second OTAs uh, underneath my belt. Um, kind of got a, a scheme kind of settled in. And so I'm excited what we got going forward. I feel very comfortable. Um, again, I'm just excited to get out there and ready. I showcase everything I've been doing. Let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, Nick. What type of things have to happen during the, the next month or so here while you're at camp for you to come out of it and feel like, okay, I'm ready to go for the regular season? I just got to come in every single day. I put my best foot forward um, and just see where it lands from there. Um, I know as, as a unit, uh, we got uh, a lot of new guys coming in, uh, especially in the back end. So uh, a lot of those guys can be competing for spots and, uh, and everything like that. So uh, we got to come together as a unit. Um, that starts on day one, um, and it's going to continue to get better as we keep going. It's not just going to stop uh, once uh, training camp ends. So uh, we're just going to keep building every single day, brick by brick, and, um, and see where it takes us. Um, again, it's not going to just stop at the end of training camp, so it's, it's a long way to go. I uh, know what we're trying to aim to and what the end goal is, but I just got to back for that up at work. Let's go next to Todd Lebo. Go, Todd. Hey, Nick, I know you haven't seen the whole group a whole lot yet, right? But you guys have had your mandatory mini camps and OTAs. So what are your thoughts generally about the, the group of young players you have there and maybe what can be ahead for this defense? Uh, just going, going, um, going off of what, what I saw in um, OTAs, uh, mentor, mandatory minicamp and things like that. I know we have a young, fast defense. Um, that's kind of what we're going to pride ourselves on, being young, fast, and physical. Um, a lot of guys, uh, a lot of guys we brought in, Trent, um, Leo, uh, guys we have been, guys we brought in with the free agency. You know, all those guys are, are young, fast, physical guys. And um, that's what we're kind of pride ourselves on. So I'm excited for that. Uh, playing the physical side of defense um, and just continue to build and get better every single day. Let's go next to Herbie T.O.P. Go ahead, Herbie. And Nick, last year or last offseason, you spent a lot of a majority of the time like training for the combine, you know, just specific drill type stuff. How beneficial is it for you this year to actually focus on football throughout the most of the offseason? Oh, yes, it's been huge. Uh, getting the opportunity to actually focus on football. You know, I'm actually doing things I feel like Help me on the football field and help our team better. Um, so having a whole uh, since we got done the season, knowing why I, I wasn't as good at, um, kind of getting a little bit better in those aspects of it, and just dissecting my my play as well. That's going to flex and help help our defense and help our team out. So uh, it's been beneficial for me to just be able to be more flexible, um, kind of work on more specific drill oriented, and I'm um, also just working on things that are more specific to our scheme uh, rather than doing drills. And so I feel like kind of very beneficial for me. Go next to Todd Palmer. Go ahead, Todd. Uh, hey, Nick. Thanks for the time. Um, are, are you a guy who sets goals? And if, if so, can you share some of the goals you've set for this season, whether it be Pro Bowl, certain number of tackles, anything like that? Uh, I got one goal, one Super Bowl. Um, we fell short last year. Um, and so uh, in order for like I had a successful season, um, we've got to get back to where we were last year and um, execute um, in that game, um, get us a chance to play in the next game. 
Uh, but that starts uh, starts um, when we get there today. Um, it's going to continue to get uh, to work on it all the way till we get down uh, to the season. So um, if I win Super Bowl, um, I feel like that's my main goal, and that's what I'm focused on. So if I can get our team there and our defense and play a great team defense, uh, I'll be happy where I'm at. Go next to Matt Derrick. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Nick, you know, given that Anthony's gone and given, you know, that you're now kind of almost going to be one of the veterans, certainly in your position group, this team's going to be looking to you a lot for leadership. What kind of leader do you feel like you are? I mean, there's everybody has a different style. What is your leadership style? Um, I lead, I'm more so lead by example. Um, not very, I'm, I'm a vocal guy now. Um, probably wasn't first last year. So I lead by example is kind of what I pride myself on. I come every single day. Um, I'm trying to put my best foot forward. I'll go out there and execute the scheme, be, uh, be vocal within the scheme. And I'm just doing my job to the best of my abilities. Um, I feel like that's how I, I got to this point. So I'm going to continue to do that. Um, so that's what our team needs the most. We'll go last to Sarin Petro. Go ahead, Sarin. Uh, Nick, uh, being the guy now uh, and, and hopefully going to be out there on, on every down, right? Uh, coverage becomes an even bigger part of things. How do you go about getting better at coverage, right? Is that something you just need repetitions or is it extra film study, getting to know the kind of the moves and the routes of your opponents? What, what What's the way that you go about it? It's such an important part of your job of go about improving on that aspect of the game. Oh yeah, everything you mentioned uh, goes into it. Uh, film study, uh, kind of getting more of our, our scheme and understand what, what um, Coach Baggs wants on the third down. Um, so seeing the whole year, watching Ben do it last year and kind of understanding the schemes and what, what situations um, kind of arise and how we attack our offenses. So um, it's been a great to have that, have that whole offseason trying to study, figure out what we wanted to do on third down. Um, again, it's just it's a lot of things. Uh, just working on pass coverage, working on understanding route concepts and, and schemes and what teams are trying to get to with, with certain down distances. Um, so all that goes into it. But, um, yeah, I'm excited for it. Um, hopefully I have the opportunity to play all three downs, but um, nothing's guaranteed. So I'm going to go out there and compete for my spot. Nick, I think that's all we got for you. appreciate you jumping on with us. Oh, no problem. I appreciate y'all. Thank y'all. Thank you very much. Um, I want to start with a shout out to Luke Shano for putting this book together, which <laughs> has a lot. Um, I'm going to do my best. It's actually very helpful because I do want to go over a lot of details, um, exciting details about camp, getting back to normal, um, and also adding some things to make it even more exciting for our fans. But let me first reiterate and start with some thank yous uh, to Dr. Kennedy, um, new athletic director, Andy Carter. Um, it's exciting to be back and it's exciting to work with your team. Uh, Missouri Western has been an amazing partner with us um, from the get-go. And every year we face challenges together and we figure out solutions together. And every year we overcome those challenges. And as I've said before in this room, um, and Pat, you'll remember sometimes out, outside the dorms, um, every single rep counts. Every single minute of camp is really, really important. So to have a team like Missouri Western on our side has been extremely, extremely valuable. And we, we love the partnership we've had here. I want to thank the entire city. It's great to meet the new mayor, John Josendale. Um, it's great to meet Mike and his wife, Penny. Um, and I would tell you that as kind of an outsider, it was strange, like I was welcoming, welcoming them. Like, this is, welcome. We're excited to have you on our team in your hometown and at your university. Um, but we feel like we've been here since uh, Mosaic was Heartland Health. 
um, since uh, just about everybody on this podium was somewhere else. And I would tell you this, just you know, early observations from the mayor, Dr. Kennedy working for a year or two now, and to meeting Mike, I mean, there's an excitement and an energy about this town. Um, and while it's exciting for us to be here for a couple weeks, it's really important for us as an organization to give back and to be a part of St. Joe. I've mentioned to this group before that every time I'm here, when I go around town and I'm wearing something like this, people stop me and want to say thank you. I'm excited to have you here. And is there anything you need? And can we show you this place? Uh, this makes St. Joe special. So we're really excited to be back. We're really excited to be part of this. I'm excited to get going for camp. Let me, um, let me just say this about Mosaic. Um, when we started out, it was a really important partnership to have, to have on-site medical care uh, for our players, for our coaches, um, but also for our fans. And they have delivered again and again and again. And without sharing all the details, because I'll probably violate a bunch of HIPAA laws, um, there have been, seems like every single year, there's been a situation with either our staff or a player or a fan which really needed urgent care um, to make sure that we had a positive solution every single time they've come through for us. So it's extremely valuable and we're very, very appreciative of Mosaic and appreciate their partnership. So let's get to some of the facts about things you need to know about camp this year. Um, number one, we keep saying back to normal. Um, the reality is it's going to be more exciting than it's ever been. We've created more opportunities. Our team, Jeremy Slavens and the entire uh, team that puts this camp on for us, for our fans, has done a great job of making it bigger, better, and a little bit more efficient. So first and foremost, like last year, all tickets need to be reserved on our Kingdom Rewards platform. It's free. Just go to Chiefs Kingdom's Reward, ChiefsKingdomRewards.com. You can sign up for an account for free, um, and that's where you get your tickets. Uh, tickets are free with the exception, I think, three days, uh, where there'll be a $5 ticket. Um, parking is $5 each day. As you can imagine, demand and interest is through the roof. Um, so we've made a strategic decision on that. We are going to cap attendance every day. Um, and the reason for that is to make sure that every fan who is in attendance has a really good experience. If you work in the Hunt family organization for less than a week, you quickly learn that the most important thing to us as an organization is our fans. Um, and that starts with Wednesday which will be our first practice, but that practice is exclusively for our season ticket members. It's an exclusive benefit for our most important partners and, and members. Um, camp will then ramp up from there. As was said before, the veterans uh, arrived today, um, so it'll be a good day to see what kind of outfits show up, um, which is a typical tradition here. And then a couple other key points from an information standpoint. On our website, chiefs.com forward slash training camp, you can get all the information you need about training camp every single day. I would also urge fans to download our mobile app. Again, free. The app will give you instant updates. So as you see, weather changes a lot up here. Unfortunately, some days we lose outdoor practices because of lightning and rain. We have to go indoors. Those are closed. So just if you have the app on your phone, you'll get instant uh, push updates uh, to there. Also for the fans, an important point, uh, we do have the clear bag policy here, as we do at the stadium. Uh, we employ the same NFL rules here for this, keeps everybody safe, so the clear bag policy, which you can find 
If you go to NFL.com, clear bag policy, you'll find it there. I'm going to come back up and answer questions, um, but before we do that, I want to thank the entire team, again, both our team and the teams we work with for giving us the opportunity to be here in St. Joe and give us the opportunity to take advantage of every single one of those reps. And for the first time in Mike's career, we're going to bring him up and we're going to present him with a Chiefs jersey. So Mike, if you could join me. Hi, Adam. Good. How was your summer? Yeah, first and foremost, um, the World Cup puts Kansas City on a map it's never been on before. And when you think about the importance of that event and the fact that the team that we were a part of got that event should be noted and acknowledged. Um, it is an international event that uh, it's, it's going to be amazing when people see it and it's going to be really exciting to be part of it. As it relates to the stadium, um, there are definitely some required um, changes that we need to make to make the pitch fit within the, within the framework of the stadium, which will involve some construction. Um, it's actually a two-year construction process. So we've mapped out a plan where we can actually do some of the work, put seats back in, take the seats back out, play the games, at the end of the games, put seats back in. And our goal at this point is to make sure that every single seat is, re is replaced for every single season, so not losing a single seat for football. Um, and we are in discussions with FIFA. Matt Kenny and our team were in New York a couple weeks ago um, meeting with FIFA to talk about exactly where we are and exactly what the plan is going forward. FIFA is actually pushing us a little bit aggressively to try to reduce the number of seats we take out, which creates a little bit of a better opportunity for us. It will be an enormous challenge for our operations and construction crew, but one that uh, we'll be up for. When does that start? 25. <clears throat> So we'll do it the summer, summer 25 going into the 25 season, then 26, and then after the 26 season, take it out. And then what about when the World Cup's gone? What does that mean for Arrowhead Walker? Yeah, it's a fair question, and I'm sure it'll come up in some other questions. Um, it's part of the process of evaluation. I would tell you that it's its own separate uh, discussion. We've got to think of the stadium as its own entity, um, and we've got to do whatever we do right. And I think that's the recurring theme here is, we got a big decision to make uh, in a number of years, and um, we got to make sure we're doing all the due diligence, got all the information, and we got to do it right. World Cup won't impact that. Um, there are scenarios where you know we may do something different for World Cup, and then say, "Well, wait a second. In a renovated Arrowhead, would you maybe keep that, or change this, or take advantage of the construction you've already done?" That's in the mix, but I would tell you that in general, two separate discussions. Yeah, I'll look to Jeremy to help me out with the number here in a second, but um, I would answer the second part of that question to say that I experienced some of that. Um, you know, we've had, we've had events here, especially the first few years, uh, the year we got Andy, uh, the year after Patrick started, um, when we had a couple days here that were, fans drive all the way up here or all the way down here, 
Um, and they just don't have a great fan experience because they can't see, they can't get anywhere near the autographs. And you know, it's a, it's a balancing act as a, as a business operator to make sure that you get the maximum benefit and the maximum number of people in to have a great experience. But you know, that one bad experience is really powerful. We talk a lot as an organization about creating storytellers. We want the people, if you walk into a, a cheese fan who's been to a training camp at a grocery store, wherever you are, and ask them about training camp, we want them to tell a great story. And if that story is, I drove all the way up there and I got here an hour later and I didn't even get to see or get anywhere near an autograph, that's something we try to avoid. And we think with the number of days we have, um, we can do it pretty effectively. Um, number? Do we have a number? I mean, I think I would tell you that we've had years when it's been, you know, close to 20,000, between 15 and 20,000 people, and that's a bad experience. I think I won't give you an actual number because I don't have it, um, but I would tell you that there are going to be plenty of people here. Um, the other part of that balancing act is make sure there are enough people there to create that energy that our players thrive on um, during camp. As you all know who've been here at camp, and as uh, many of us know, been here a lot of days during camp, there are some dog days. And I've witnessed and I've heard it from the players. Like It gets them through. Uh, it, helps them, it helps them go that extra rep and... And uh, it definitely makes a big difference. Blair, hey, or a uh, couple quick things. You know how many seats are going to need to be replaced temporarily? A couple thousand. I don't have an actual number on the top of my head, but it's it's depending on what FIFA comes back with. It's five or eight rows. A um, couple corners. We got to do some work on. Um, so it doesn't seem like a big project. I would tell you when you get into the architecture of the building and the age of the building, it's an enormous project. Yeah. 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 The NFL was in town last week. Our team met with them as well as with Kathy Nelson, members of the city's group that uh, we're working with on that. Um, I always make the point, as I said earlier, um, the World Cup's going to be enormous, right? The draft in '23 will be the largest event Kansas City has ever hosted. <laughs> I mean, that just gives you a little hint into the trend we're on as a city. And we're just excited to be a part of it. You know, I, I humbly say, without the Chiefs, the draft doesn't come to Kansas City. And without Arrowhead and GHA Field, World Cup doesn't come to Kansas City. So we're part of it, and we're a big part of it, but we've got great partners in both. Uh, Kathy Nelson and her team on the draft is, is going to be critical to that. Um, it will take a lot of time from our team just to help with the planning. Um, there are a lot of things that go into play, and as you know, um, as, a, as an organization, you know, our goal is to make it the best draft in the history of drafts and to shine the light on Kansas City. And yes, there are benefits to the Chiefs in that. Uh, they're mostly building our brand and building awareness of how special this town is and how iconic our building is and hopefully driving more fans here. Um, but it is a citywide event. It's an NFL event. It's not a Chiefs event. Uh, but we're going to give it a lot of Chiefs flavor. Yes. Uh, what do you think, can you just take me through the bid process? Because this started way back, you know, eight, nine years ago with Mayor Sly Jane and stuff like that. Just the emotional roller coaster and then hearing that you guys got it. What do you think ultimately tipped the scales and, and 
and, and got people to, you know, see the light and start seeing truth? Yeah, so let me first uh, kind of correct my first answer to that. So it probably won't be the largest uh, attendance um, in terms of one event because of the seats we're taking out. Um, but over the four matches, you know, for one event, it'll definitely be the largest. Um, and then <laughs> a roller coaster and the tipping point. Um, it's a long process. Um, and FIFA is a great partner, but they are a challenging partner. They challenge us. Uh, they challenge every single bid city. Uh, and there were some days where you just, how are we going to make this work? Um, and that's when sort of the resolve of the teams, Kathy, the city, the county, us, the Royals, um, sporting, a uh, huge opportunity or a huge partner in that um, in driving that. It's just that resolve was really the key that kept us going. <clears throat> I would say personally the tipping point for me was there was a, there's a moment where FIFA's team went around to all, I'm going to say 18 cities that were bidding, um, and they had a presentation. Each, it's your opportunity, right? It's your opportunity to shine. And the feedback that we got um, on that presentation, which was led by Kathy and her team, and which we were all a part of, we had great participation from the state of Kansas, from the state of Missouri, elected officials, as well as just business support. Um, so the feedback we got were, were two key points. Going into the meeting, we were on the bubble or just outside and probably not getting it. Coming out of the meeting, we were firmly in and most likely going to get it. So it was a great day for us as a city to come together and just show how special we are and how prepared we are for this. Um, we like to think as the Chiefs and operating Arrowhead Stadium that we're, we're one of the best in the world, and we take a lot of pride in that fan experience. That showed true. But sporting success, the fact that this city with the Royals hosted All-Star Games, the fact that we had World Series, the fact that we've had AFC Championship games again and again and again. All those things matter. Kathy's experience in having the Big 12 championships. All those things matter, and it was the opportunity to sort of shine a light on all that. And I will tell you that the FIFA people walked away very impressed, and I think that was really the tipping point that got us in the mix. And, like, real quick, I know you, there's the, the infrastructure challenges. Do you, what other challenges do you see ahead that you can kind of project now? Because I know there's a lot that will come up that you can't project between now and 2026, but yeah, so big challenges with, as it relates to, and I'll say challenges that are going to be overcome, but we definitely things we've got to pay attention to and, and put some effort behind. Um, there's some fundraising we need to do. Um, there's also some transportation issues that we've got to convince people that we can do this. We can, but we need to show them how we're going to do that. Um, a, a big part of that is scheduling. Um, John Sherman and and Brooks at the Royals have been great partners of ours. And when you really think about it from that perspective, like, to make this event happen, we are disrupting their season. And, uh, and they're a baseball franchise, not a soccer organization. Uh, but they're a Kansas City partner. And John has been, from the get-go, um, as John always is, it's like, we're in. What do you need? We'll figure it out. It's going to be a challenge, scheduling. Um, because they're here so long in FIFA, as I said, they sort of set their own schedule and they're not really worried about who's in the way. Um, we'll work it out, um, but, but if we didn't have partners like that, we probably would have a lot of challenges there.
Yeah, um, honor tradition is one of our core fundamental values, right? Um, but I go back to that balance point of you look at more and more, and especially this season, it just seems like with all the black helmets that are coming out and the alternative uniforms that are out there, um, I don't want to create hope where there isn't hope, but I will say this, you've, you've lived it with us a little bit. Um, there's, a, there's an open discussion. Uh, there's, there's definitely more of a consideration than there's ever been. Um, we've definitely, uh, we've had some good conversations about the opportunity. Um, but as you can imagine, I think we are the only team, we might be one of a small group that has never changed. Um, when I say never change, we've you know, changed a little bit on the stripe or something like that, but because of the uniform change. Um, but that's important to us too. Um, so it's finding that balance again. Um, I've been here 14 seasons now. You know, first couple of years, I was, I came to Philadelphia where we did that pretty successfully, and I was really excited about that. Um, after the first meeting, talking about that, I didn't bring it up again for a couple of years. <laughs> um, but a couple of our teammates uh, on our side kept pushing me, and we've opened the discussion again, and, and we'll see. Um, it's definitely something we'll continue to discuss. All right, we'll do a couple more. We'll go Matt, go down the line. This, I got you. Hey, Mark, the, the organization had an event last week in Washington with Jeremy Young. Jeremy Young. I think I'm almost pronouncing it correct. That's close. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a little bit of the everything is connected story, right? Um, so Bayern Munich is a partner with FC Dallas, which is owned by the Hunt family. Um, Bayern Munich is one of the most valuable brands in sport, um, and they are dominant in Germany. Um, so the relation is, um, number one, World Cup. You know, our ability to talk about our partnership with them helps. Um, but number two, as we expand and have the opportunity to pursue uh, Germany as a market, um, it's been extremely valuable. And as you can imagine, I mean, we're walking into business meetings in Germany, people we've never met, we don't really know much about their business, and so we're walking with Byron with us. And that's extremely valuable, just creating the intros and creating the opportunities and being there and supporting us. We've worked with them through FC Dallas for a number of years. We spent a number of years watching and learning what Byron did as they entered the U.S. market and try to learn the fundamentals, the things that were different for them, things that we could help them with, but also how they did it. And then we're trying to use some of those same techniques as we go into Germany. Um, and then the final point I would make on and Bayern is it's not just about Bayern. Uh, it's about those opportunities to be introduced to people through them. We put together an advisory group um, of eight or nine CEO-level business leaders in Germany and they were excited to be a part of this. They were excited to be on board with us as we expand into Germany. And I would tell you that the opportunity there and in Mexico and frankly to continue to globalize this sport and globalize our brand within that sport is really exciting. Um, and it's something we're pursuing very aggressively and they're a big part of that. And we'll go finish up with Nate, Adam, and Matt. Mark, it's usually a question you ask every year here, but just with the amount of time Yeah, I don't know the exact number, um, but I think it's five, seven, seven. 
So seven teams out of 32 that are uh, traveling. Um, <clears throat> so I'll, I'll go back and be consistent with my earlier comments. Missouri Western and St. Joe have been great to us. Um, and they've made sure that they understand. And that understanding that every rep matters, that's an easy way of saying, like, everything has to be right. Like, we can't afford to miss. Um, that's really important. Um, we love our partnership. We love our relationships. And uh, we fully uh, intend to continue to have those relationships. We have some options in our contract to continue. Um, so as we always do, we'll get through this year. We'll sit down. We'll have some conversations. Uh, our early discussions with the athletic director, Andy Carter, has been, have been very positive. It'll be great to see uh, after he gets through his first full camp, um, sort of his feedback and things that he thinks we can do better or differently. Um, but it's been a great opportunity. It's been great um, to be here. Our head coach loves getting away. Um, our players like it. You know, we had those. Uh, COVID actually gave us the opportunity to look at different ways of doing this. And um, I don't want to oversell that they like it because um, it's training camp. They wouldn't. I think there's an aspect they don't like anywhere. <laughs> um, but they, I think that camaraderie building and that time away is really valuable, and we, we see it that way. Yeah, so I'll give you my opinion on that, and then I would defer to Brett and Andy uh, and the players. Um, but my opinion is that we learned a lot um, that impacted how we handled OTAs going forward. All right, so we were able to implement different changes in those years that we kept through OTAs. Uh, I think training camp will come out of this year. This will be the first real normal one, and we'll do the same thing and see are there things that we could do differently. Um, but I think for this period of time, what we think as what Andy has told me, um, this is really valuable, and and we like doing it this way. Um, as you know, the schedule goes back next year, 23, with uh, nine home games. Yeah. Do you anticipate one of those games being played international next year? Yeah, I hope so. Um, that's our goal. Um, I know our our season ticket members would like to have all of our games be at home. Um, but the reality is that that's one of the reasons we switched to the 17 and three. Uh, every team in the league will play internationally now. Um, and we said that when we sat outside uh, on a cold day and talked about the fact that the, they just announced on us that we were, we were going to London. Um, every team eventually is going to go um, internationally. Every team is going to give up a home game. Um, and that's part of the reason for nine versus eight. Um, you know, ideally we go and don't give it, um, but I don't think that's the way the model's designed. That would be a pretty significant anomaly if we were able to do that. Uh, but I, I would tell you this, that um, there's nothing better than playing at home, um, but the opportunity to play regular season games internationally is going to benefit every aspect of this organization and our fans. Um, and yet there's some, some long lines there. You've got to connect the dots, but trust me in that, that it will benefit all of us. Yeah, our preference right now is Germany. Um, if you look at where we are in Germany and the uh, investments that we're making in Germany, um, number one, it's a much richer opportunity for us. Uh, to give you some perspective, um, four teams that have the rights in Germany, us, Bucks, Panthers, and Patriots, Patriots thank you. Um, so all big brands, all aggressive teams. 
Um, we went from middle of the pack to the fastest amongst those teams in social growth over the last two months. So we actually put a concerted effort in. Now we've seen the benefits of that concerted effort, and we think the opportunity is enormous. Um, so in a scenario where we don't play there in the next few years, because you think about that timing you brought up, like if, if you don't play next year, then you're probably not playing the next year, so then you're another year out. We want to get there sooner rather than later uh, just to activate those fans and get more fans interested. When you say it's a, maybe a richer experience for you in Germany uh, than in Mexico, what, what do you mean, financially or, or uh, No, I mean more that we have the opportunity to grow faster there than in Mexico. So if you think about us in, in, in Germany, we're probably the fifth largest brand in Germany uh, from an NFL perspective. In Mexico, we're probably 12th, 14th. So much crowded space. The other reason for that, getting into details here, that probably a little bit too far down the line, but there are four teams that have the right to Germany. There are nine that have the rights to Mexico. So when you think about it strategically, where are you going to spend your resources? We're going to go aggressively uh, in Germany, and we're going to, uh, we've talked about this from the marketing standpoint, in Mexico, we're going we're gonna to watch what other people do. We're probably going to zig when they zag. We're probably going to do things a little differently, a little bit more aggressively, uh, a little bit more um, maybe uh, less traditional in Mexico and try to create a little awareness there. And then the opportunity may come up, um, and we'll see if we can take advantage of it. I'm sorry, one more question. I just want to make sure I understood. Uh, you said one of four in uh, Germany. Germany and one of 12. One of nine. So this is, this is a good example of Matt sitting there and saying, what did Mark miss in this big book? <laughs> so thank you for bringing that up. You're the best. Um, training camp, you know, I, I, will, I will share the story. I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. My dad took, to my, took me to my first uh, Steelers game against the Patriots, sat upper, upper deck, and the, it was freezing cold. The only hat I had was a red, white, and blue hat. It was a bad mistake to go into Three River Stadium with a red, white, and blue hat when you're playing the Patriots. Um, but after the game, I went outside the locker room, and we sat outside in the cold for forever. And Lynn Swan shook my hand. Never forget it to this day. Like, literally, goosebumps, right? Those kids at training camp get the opportunity to carry a helmet up the walk with a player. Those kids at training camp get the opportunity to get an autograph. We didn't have that for two years, three so the opportunity to get that back is something that the best thing about, well, one of the best things about this organization is in some organizations you go to a head coach or a GM and you say, hey, we're thinking about bringing this back. And they're like, well, it was pretty good before. Why don't we just keep this the way it is? But these two is like, done. We got to do that. That's part of it, right? So we've got great support from our players, great support from our, our um, coach and our GM. And, we're just excited to bring that back. So that's one of the things I should have mentioned as part of uh, the new things we're doing at camp. I would also just express to our season ticket members, come up to camp and take your time. See it all. Um, there are some really new, cool things we're doing. hy V is doing concessions. Uh, we're excited to bring our partnership there. Uh, we've got our tailgate suites here. Um, we've expanded our merchandise store. Um, we're going to do so much around flag football this year. So if you're up here at camp, you're probably going to see some kids running around, girls and boys, uh, playing flag to continue to grow the sport. 
And that's what gets us excited as an organization to get back to camp. 